Hello and welcome to This Property Life. My name is Mark Winship. This week we are busting yet another property myth and helping me to do so is the fabulous Natalie D'Souza. How many times have you heard people complain that letting agents are a complete waste of time and money? I hear it all the time and we're here to debunk this myth and to talk about how choosing the right agent to manage your property is a crucial component in helping you to achieve your life goals using property as a vehicle. In this episode, we talk about the importance of leveraging other people's knowledge and experience, particularly when you invest a long way from where you live, tips on how to choose a good managing agent and our own failed attempts to manage our own properties. Let's jump right in. Hi, Natalie. Thanks for joining me again on the podcast. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks, Mark. Good, good to see you. We are back for another uh, Mythbuster episode, and um, we've, we've, we've recorded a few of these this week. It's been uh, it's been really good fun, actually, sort of looking at you know some of those popular kind of misconceptions that people have, maybe looking from the outside in into the property industry, um, and um, and somehow over time these myths have been created and it's been quite fun to debunk some of those myths for people as, as we've gone along but the one we're going to be talking about today is um the myth or i'm going to propose that it's a myth that letting agents are a waste of time and money that's we hear that all the time right you know this oh <laughs> god you know they do nothing for their 10 percent. you know all they're doing is spending my money on maintenance and uh, and bills and that kind of thing. So what's been your experience of, of letting agents and, uh, and yeah, what's your take on that side of things? Okay, well, there's quite a few things I could say about this subject, really. And when we first started out, we invest quite a long way from where we live. Yeah. So it was automatic that we were going to get a letting agent because if there was something that went wrong with our property, we would need someone to deal with that straight away. So we knew straight away that we needed a letting agent. So it was a question of we just went onto the street, found a letting agent and expected the best service without doing any due diligence. So it was 10 years ago. We were new to property um, and it wasn't until we reached our third letting agent that we realised, actually, we've now got a good letting agent. So. We went through some horrible ones first where, you know, they weren't being able to fill the properties as quickly as we would have liked. And we were thinking, should we self-manage? Things like that. But on the third one, we knew exactly what we were looking for from the mistakes that had already been made. So everything in property is a learning curve. Yeah. Um, so we learned what we were looking for. And now and then sort of within a year, we had got a really good letting agent and we have stuck with them ever since. We pay 10 yeah. percent plus VAT for their services yeah. and yeah. it is worth every single penny because, mm. number one, we live too far away from where we li- uh, invest. Number two, we have done this for passive income. We have done this so we don't create a full time job for ourselves. We want the time to be able to enjoy the money we earn from our properties. So we don't want to have a full time job, which managing your properties when you've got a really becomes another full time. So people go into properties to get away from their full time job. They want to self manage because they want to earn as much money as they can. However, they sub. uh, supplement one full-time job for another one because they want to self-manage to get all the profit that they can but then they're just going to be managing their properties all the time and it's just not worth it 
And the temptation is to look at that 10% or 12% or whatever it might be and, and think that, you know, well, I, I, I can save a bit of cash there. I can really maximize my cash flow. I'll do the work myself. If something comes up, you know, I'll sort it. I'll travel up those. But I guess it's about thinking about why you're doing this, isn't it? And what, what you got into this in the first place for. And for most of us, it isn't to create a second load of hassle in our lives and a second no. full-time job or whatever it was. We want this to be. And for me, 10% plus that is, you know, a small price to pay for the peace of mind that actually that that property is just going to sort of tick along now and, and and provide me with that recurring income stream. Exactly. If you do it from the onset, then you don't miss that 10% because it's, and we get good because we've done our numbers properly. We've, we've looked at the deal properly. We get good cash flow with that 10% and for our buy to lets we put 15% away for Mo as well. So, and we still get excellent cash flow. So people starting out might think, well, I've only got one or two properties. I I may as well self-manage them because they want to see all the potential that they can and all the profit that they can. But what they all find that as their portfolio grows, it will become a full-time job. So you may as well from the start, get the letting agent, ask around, Um, for people that might have a recommendation so that you don't perhaps make the mistakes we did at the beginning by just going to any Tom, Dick or Harry. Um, What do you look look for now? Like that's that's an interesting one in itself, isn't it? Like I'm guessing good advice would be don't just go, don't necessarily just go with the cheapest. It's not just a case of right, you know, they're doing it for eight, they're doing it for 6%. Well, let's go with that. What do you, is there stuff that now you ask for or or you? Yeah, we make sure that we we look at what they do for the, um, to to actually just see whether a tenant's good or not for the property. What have they got? Have they got income? Are they going to get top up from DSS? If they are going to get top up, does that go straight to the letting agent or does it come via the, the tenant? Yeah. If they haven't got anyone as a guarantor, if it is DSS, then we need a guarantor as well to make sure someone is paying the yeah. rent. And what I always do with our, so it's a lot of them, because our, we, we do good properties, we rent out good properties. I won't rent something out that isn't good enough for me to live in. Yeah. Because I believe, even though we're doing this for a profit, I believe we are also giving someone a home to live in that can't afford to buy one for themselves. Yeah. So it has to be decent. Mm. So I want to make sure the property is looked after. And often we'll have four or five people coming for one property. Yeah. So if you love to travel like me and you understand the power in escaping the money for time exchange trap, but you just don't know how to do it, then building an Airbnb consultancy business could be exactly what you have been looking for. Right now in the UK, there is a completely untapped opportunity through helping struggling Airbnb hosts by turning around their underperforming properties and generating you huge commission payments in the process. We are going to teach you all of the tools and all of the techniques that we've learned over the last five years through building our very own multiple six-figure Airbnb business, arming you with everything that you need to swoop in and save the day. Minimal startup costs, zero risk, and almost unlimited potential. Sound good? Welcome to the Airbnb Consultant. Contact us through any of the channels included in the studio notes to get the conversation started.
or I will speak, the letting agent will call me and say, we've got these five people and give me a quick synopsis of what, what's going on with these five people. I've sort of made my mind up in my head from when she's talking to me. However, I'll always say to her, what does your gut say? Yeah. She's used to doing this. This is her full-time job. Yeah. And so I want to know that she is putting good people in my house. And that's the relationship you want, isn't it? Is it is yes. that two-way, that, that trust element, that two-way, you know, she and she's got her boots on the ground every single day. She understands the market, what's going on. Equally, it's your property. It you're ultimately the 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 decision maker in terms of you know who gets to to, to come into your property. So when you get that relationship, that that's that's kind of the best of both worlds, isn't it? Absolutely. So that's what you would look for in a letting agent as well. Someone who actually does good checks on the tenants, mm. knows exactly where their money's coming from if they're working. If they're not working, mm. are they going to get the whole from benefit or are they only going to be topping up on benefit and yeah. how that's being paid? What sort of guarantor system they have as a letting agent? Yeah. Who do they ask for as a guarantor and what do they expect the guarantor to do? Yeah. Definitely. And just basically that they've got a good maintenance team on board as well. And we always have um, a thing with all our letting agents because we have property, even though our buy-to-lets are in one place, HMOs are in one place, and all our other bits and pieces are dotted around the country, we yeah. just make sure that anything up to £100 is dealt with straight away. Yeah. And anything over £100 will always be checked with us first. Yeah. yeah. So they've got, you know, yeah. so if something goes desperately wrong and needs dealing with straight away, they will they will get get it done straight away yeah and that uh, speed is important isn't it as well like that they, they sort things out promptly you know exactly. we're ultimately we're we're professional landlords we take pride in that and um in in a sense they represent the front line of that don't they so if they're not responding to issues and things are dragging out then that reflects poorly on us as as landlords and you know you might well find that actually further down the line you're paying a lot more than to sort of um, bring ref, refresh the property and bring it back up to spec again because things haven't been taken care of during the during the course Absolutely. of the there was also another one of our tenants recently who who wanted a new kitchen a new bathroom um, and a new front and back door now they've been in the property quite a while but we didn't think it probably needed all that but then the letting yeah. agent goes round mm. is the situation out came back to me said the kitchen is perfect the bathroom is perfect but the front and door front and back door could do with changing yeah so they were just trying to pull a fast one, basically, to try and get a yeah. new kitchen and a bathroom, whereas there was nothing wrong with those at all. So, so the letting agent is your eyes and ears as well then. So that, yes. that in itself is something you're you're paying for, because ultimately there will be times when you've paid this money out every month and you'll be thinking, well, well what am I really getting for that mm. until you need it? if that exactly. makes sense. And, and that's really how their business model works, isn't it? That they are there to be the front line and to, and to respond to things. Have you ever uh, turned your hand to trying to self-manage at all? <laughs> well, it's funny you say that, Mark, because recently um, one of our tenants moved it out after eight years. Right. So we did a complete refurb on the property, freshened it all up, new carpets, new paint throughout, got rid of whatever they put up for themselves, got rid of all that, made it all clean, beautiful. It looked beautiful. And the and, and the painter and decorator actually said to us, I've got a friend who would like to live here. He's just splitting up with his wife and he needs somewhere to live. So um, can he come along and have a look? So James said, well, I'm here today. Um, let, let him come here so I can 
have a look at him and, and, and just ask him a few questions. So he came along. James said he looked good enough. He was just desperate for somewhere to live. He wanted a big enough house so that he could have his kids at the weekend. That's why he was looking for that size property. And and he loved the fact that it had just all been done up. So we went ahead and we said, yes, but we'd like a month rent up front because he couldn't afford to pay a deposit. So he was he fell on hard times. And as a landlord, we have to respect this as well. So we said, OK, you don't have to pay us a deposit straight away, but we would like a month's rent up in advance instead. So it was just one lot of payments instead of two lots of payments he was paying us. Yeah. So he said, OK, I'll get that to you next week. So we let him move in on the first day, thinking that the next week the money would come. Next week the money didn't come, but he was looking for top-ups from the DSS. So he was sending us screenshots of what he had sent to the DSS and what he was asking for. So we gave him a bit of leeway. After a month, no money had come in. So I said to James, because he was dealing with it, I said to James, would you just say no money's come in? He's been living there a month now. So he just said to James, I can't, I can't live here. I'm I'm having a bit of a breakdown. I'm moving out today. So we got no money from that at all. So we tried to self-manage. It just did yeah. not work at all. So as soon as we heard that he'd gone, I was on the phone to the letting agent because that's one of the things I deal with. I was on the phone to the letting agent and I said, look, this has just happened. Can you market it straight away? Yeah. Within two weeks, they had someone in that property. Yeah. who'd paid a deposit, who'd done it all correctly, you know, and and it it was just, hand, it was no hassle at all. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing that sometimes the value, it's when things go wrong, isn't it? That That's when the real value of having a managing agent comes in, you know, an issue with a tenant, you know, unpaid rent, rent arrear, chasing rent arrears in itself. I can't imagine the, you know, the hassle of having to do that, particularly if you've got multiple properties. So it's when exactly. things go well, wrong. Ours is in quite a right. bit in arrears at the moment. And all it took for me was to just say, do you know why this is in arrears for, for so yeah. much? That's yeah. all it took. I don't have to have the hassle of anything else apart from sending an email to the letting agent. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, they've got their finger on the pulse. And, and and that's another trap that we fall into sometimes, isn't it? Because, you know, particularly um, and sometimes I think you can get lulled into a full sense of security when you've nicely refurbished a brand new buy to let property. You get that first year or so when there's very few maintenance issues because, you know, it's brand new effectively. Yes. And then suddenly sort of year two into year three and you're starting to get a few things creeping up and that needs sorting and there's been some damage to this and this, that and the other. And it's very tempting to start thinking, well, what's going wrong here? And and they're quoting me X amount for these maintenance things. I can do this way cheaper. I can source this even if I don't do it myself. I can source it way cheaper if I just find a local plumber or whatever. And often that's probably true, but you're paying for the convenience you're paying for the time you're paying for the fact that this is completely hassle-free right and i see people falling into that trap all the time thinking well that's outrageous you know why are you charging me 75 pound for this i can easily get it for 65 pounds well, and then also to... for us it yeah. would be going up to grimsby to actually meet the the, the, the plumber yeah. make sure he's okay pay him yeah. his money and, and do everything so that's our time yeah, we only go up exactly. once a month for viewings. We don't want to be yeah. going up extra to, to look at tradesmen. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to cost us a lot more in petrol. And I know I know I'm being charged for that, but that's that's how the 
that's how that relationship works. That's the win-win, isn't it? That you've, as long as you feel that you're getting value and those things are being dealt with in a timely manner and everything else, then that's what you signed up for in a sense. And that's how they create their, their business model. It was funny because I was talking to a, um, a student the other week um, about um, my service accommodation business, which I guess in effect we do self-manage, but that's because we're trying to build the business we now manage for other landlords. So we we were always working towards that. We were we we started with the end in mind, and we thought we want to sort of run this business ourselves, as it were. And I was talking about you know the hands some of the hands-on element of that and all the moving pieces. And this particular student sort of jumped on that a little bit, and it's like, well, that doesn't sound very passive. And I thought this was all supposed to be about passive income, and I said, well. Yes, but it depends on your strategy. But also, let me contrast that with my HMOs in the Midlands that I've been in twice. Once when I viewed the property, the second time to see the completed refurbishment. I haven't been in the property since then. We've got a great managing agent who I speak to on a regular basis, who keeps me in the loop with things that need be, that need doing. They send me a statement at the end of the month showing what costs I've incurred and what the net income is. And it's about as hands off as it gets. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, if I, if I break down that invoice and if I, if I envisage doing all of that myself, then that, that's a whole different ball game. So, you know, in that sense, it's, it's, it's just being clear on what you, what you want to get, what, what, what you want to get out of it and where you see yourself in two or three years time, isn't it? Because that's exactly. important. You've got to start with the end in mind. Yeah, when people are building a portfolio, they're doing it for a reason. And I'm sure it's to yeah. give themselves back more time. Yes. Yeah. And if they're self-managing, they're not going to get that time. My hairdresser came this morning and she was telling me that her dad had 10 properties in London that he used to rent out. Yeah. And he sold five. Obviously, it was obviously for his pension. So he sold five now. He's 78, sold five, and he's self-managing the other five. But he is, he's at his desk all the time working, doing things for the tenants, for this, for that, the other. He's 78. He's just been diagnosed with dementia and his wife wants to spend time with him. Yeah. But he won't give that little bit up of his business. And I'm just saying, well, you know, he he didn't have to work so long. Yeah. He could have. And so now I've told her to maybe suggest to them to get a letting agent so that he can enjoy what time he's got left. Yeah. And it's and it, it, that's right. It's it's what do they say? Don't count the cost of the shovel when you're digging for gold. Digging for gold, absolutely. You know, it's, it's, and if you want to tool. do this properly as a full time job, I think it's a necessity to have. Whether you live close to your properties or not, it's mm. a necessity to have a letting agent, in my opinion. But there are two strands to it, aren't there? So it's like you say, the principle of having them managed is is pretty much a no brainer and a necessity, like you say. But the reality probably is there are good agents and not so good agents. So it's also about because having a not so good agent could equally create a lot of work for you. So it's about finding the right agent, isn't it? And and um, and and knowing what to look for, knowing the questions to ask, like you mentioned earlier, because that's going to make a massive difference, isn't it? Exactly. Where do they keep their deposit? Little questions like that. You just want to ask to make sure they have got some sort of deposit scheme in place. Yeah. You know, yeah. if they've got a deposit scheme in place, they're a good agent. Yeah. Yeah. And there are rogue people out there. And, and when you're starting out, you don't know what to look for. Yeah. And it's so sometimes. You, sorry. No, I was just going to say, like you said, it's a two way street as well, isn't it? In the sense that, you know, 
if if I ha have had any frustrations with uh, managing agents in in the past, you know, occasionally there are there are certain things that you get charged for that you sort of scratch your head over a little bit and go, well, that's I've essentially paid for a piece of paper to get handed over or whatever it might be. Um, and, and I think that's just a conversation to have with the agent, isn't it? To, so that you understand exactly what you're being charged for and what goes into it. Exactly. As long as you know up front what you're going to be paying for, then there, there won't be any surprises along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's another question that a, a newbie could ask the letting agent. What what charges am I going to be brought and what are they going to be and how often are they going to come up? Other than my monthly money that I pay you, what other costs are, am I going to incur? Yeah. So, so you know straight up front and you can put that all in your figures. So what would you say to somebody then that um, is looking at their first buy-to-let property? It's relatively close to where they live, um, and they, you know, their take on that is, well, it's my first. I've only got one. It's pretty. It's just down the road. I'll manage that myself. What What would your advice be to them? My advice. Which so, what are you going to do when they don't pay the rent? What mm. are you going to do when they call you at two o'clock in the morning to say there's a leak? What are yeah. you going to do when they call you at, in the afternoon to say a light bulb's gone? Yeah, because a lot of the a lot of the tenants that do come into our properties expect everything to be done for them. Yeah, That's even true. down to yeah. changing a light bulb. Do yeah. you want to be bothered at two o'clock in the morning from your tenants if there is a problem? Yeah. Have you noticed that change over the years? T tenant expectations. Has that, yes. has that, has that changed? Cause I, I'm obviously, I'm sort of used to serviced accommodation at the moment. And, and in many ways, that's, that's par for the course. Like, you know, if they, if they check into an apartment and everything isn't just so that they're, they're going to want someone out to sort it. And that's kind of, you accept that as part of the business, but Absolutely. do you feel that, do you feel that's creeping in a little bit though, to sort of, I know like student HMOs, like the expectations of students now have just gone seemingly through the roof from when we first started investing in that market, whatever it is, five or six years ago. You know, it's uh, it's, it's changed so much, hasn't it? I think it's because there's so much choice out there mm. now. There's yeah. so much more available for them. So they want mm. the best of everything. Yeah. Whereas before there's all these student pods and everything now where if you're looking at students yeah. um, at the university that are all done up in a really nice way. And it, 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 it's, it's, that's what they're comparing it to. Whereas they've got a house outside campus. So they're actually away from campus. It's not a brand new, it's not everything's brand new, but you know, I'm sure you like me um, ha has done up your houses in exactly the same way that they would if they were going to be living it in, in it themselves. Yeah. So they're getting yeah. a good, clean, decent house that's done up well. There's no reason for them to complain. But yeah, I just think absolutely. we're becoming a bit more of a society of complainers as a whole, yeah. not necessarily only on this subject, but as a whole. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And there's a slight sense of entitlement, isn't there, that yeah. that, that creeps in, I think. And that's something we, we, you know, you don't want to be, you don't want that to be in your headspace, do you, really? Because, you well, know, it's it can be again, quite if you've got a managing agent, they can mm. deal with all, the, all that yeah. nonsense. Why would you want to be dealing with it? And then I would also explain to that person who wanted to self-manage that, is this the only house you're going to be buying? 
this oh, is the point right. I was going to make. Yeah, where yeah, where are you right going? Is it always going to be one? Yeah, mm. exactly. Because you can't you... scale, can you? You can't yeah. scale and manage us. Well, your I guess job, you can... if, if you want to scale, your job is to find the money. Yeah, and it's to find the deals. Yeah, that absolutely. is all. That, that's all you need to do if you want to scale. Yeah. The rest yeah. you need to leave it up to the professionals to do. They're part of your power team, and, and yeah. that's what they are. They are part of your team, and just accept that they're going to be part of your team. Yeah. Now, it may be that further down the line, that it, once you have scaled and grown your portfolio to a certain extent, that there is a there is an additional income stream in that for you. You know, maybe you could at that point set up your own letting agency or something, you know, and in that sense, you're self-managing, but you're you're self-managing at scale as a business and it's a that's a, that's an entity that exists all in itself but that's that's for a little bit further down the line isn't it absolutely and you know i'm 10 down day, 10 years down the line now mark and i wouldn't want to do that personally yeah because i want to use that time to do the things that i want to do yeah that's it and it comes full circle doesn't it to what what did you get into this process to achieve in the first place you know and um it, generally speaking, it's it, it has to do with time, freedom, and, and financial security. And that what is the? Uh, I spoke to uh, I spoke to Rick the other day on the podcast, and he was talking about the path of least resistance. You know, if I have a financial security goal that I'm looking to hit, and I want to be bringing in two thousand pound a month of recurring income, what is the path of least resistance for me to get there? Mm. You know, that that's what we need to be thinking about, isn't it? Because it's easy to think, well, I'll I'll get involved. I'll, you know, I can do this. I can save a few pennies here. But once you put a value on your own time and you quantify what you're putting into it, you know, it might be that actually you realize that 10 percent plus fat or whatever it is, is 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 actually cheaper, you know, and is, much, a, is a, a more efficient way to get there. Yeah, definitely. Cool. OK, yeah. well, well I, want to, I, I, I came into this to wanting to to be able to travel when I wanted to. If you're self-managing, you can't do that because right. something could go yeah. wrong. You have to put someone so in place if you want to go away. Yeah, so true. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're actually in that position with our service accommodation business, which has scaled enormously and will we'll continue to do so over the next 12 months or so. And, you know, we have we have a team in place now we have we have staff that sort of look after the day-to-day -day operations but um one of the things that we're sort of we're lacking if you like or or where we need to create a role somewhere within that is for someone genuinely to be um on site in the area able to mobilize quickly sort issues out so that we're not tied to it mm. you know because at the moment, it falls to a member of the team, and I'm more than happy to muck in as a member of the team. And so sometimes it will fall to me to go and sort out an issue that's come up at one of the properties. And so, but we're always mindful of what you've just said is, well, I don't want to be tied to it like that. I want to be able to, you know, disappear for six months. I'm sure it's never going to happen. But in theory, you, you challenge yourself, don't you, to go, could I go and live in another country for six months and my portfolio, my business would tick along at, as if I wasn't, you know, no, nobody would even notice kind of thing. Yeah. And that's kind of where we want to get to. We can't it? do that at all. You know, at the drop of a hat, if someone says to me, oh, we're going away for two weeks, do you want to come with us? I can say yes. But if I yeah. had a, if I had a portfolio to manage, I couldn't. Not that I want to travel at the moment, but yeah. 
aside from COVID, I used to go away four or five times a year at least. Yeah. Now, if I had yeah. to worry about who was looking after my business when I went away, I I might have to think twice about doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Because you not only that, you'd be stressing while you were out there, wouldn't you? And what, Absolutely. you know, uh, you think if something just... goes wrong, have I got the right people in place? You know, yeah. I, I want peace of mind. And that 10% yeah. plus VAT is a great price to pay for peace of mind. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think it's necessary as well. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think in many ways, um, this has been one of the easier myths to debunk, I think, because it seems, I think, once you're once you are clear on your goal and your strategy and why you're doing this, it's sort of a no brainer. Um, and, and it seems so intuitive to you and I and to people doing this, that that's the way you would go. But yet it's still amazing how often that comes up. You know, well, I can save a bit of money here and oh, I'm a managing agent just doesn't do anything for that 10%. What a waste. You know, I could be pocketing that money myself. So I think it's been a really worthwhile thing for us to tackle. Um, also, just on another note, the HMOs, if you're self-managing, your student, your 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 tenants, they come and go so f- more often than your buy to yes, So you're having yeah. to find tenants quickly. They're, they're, you know, I think average six months to two years for a tenant in an HMO. Yeah. So you're always having to find yeah. new tenants for that. That's a really good point. Yeah, because what are you going to do if you're not in yet? If you're four hours away from where you live, and suddenly you've got a you know a void popping up, you know what what are you going to do? You you don't have necessarily the links in the area and the 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 ability to 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 market to the right demographic. You're just not you're not anywhere near that, are you? Oh, and then you have to go for the viewings. You have to go for everything, and and you get a lot of voids in the, in in an HMO because people are coming and going so so often. You buy to let you you know your tenant will stay minimum of three four years really. Yeah. Um. But for for a an HMO tenant, you're looking at a maximum of two years, maximum yeah. at the very maximum of two years. Um. So I think that is the biggest headache of all if people are going into HMOs. Yeah. So take home message. If you want to scale, get your properties managed, but make sure that you know what to look for. Make sure you're finding a good agent. Don't just go for the cheapest one on the block. You know, make sure that you understand what to ask them and uh, exactly what you're looking for. And that might differ from person to person. So something that's important to me about managing agent might be different to you, for example, because for me, it might be really important. They do that because I don't, you know, I need that taken care of because I'm not very good at that. You might go, well, actually, I'm not, I don't mind that so much, but I really want to see this done. So it's about exactly. finding. Also, they could ask, ask around um, if they know anybody, any other investors in the area who they're using. Mm. Word of yeah. mouth is yeah. always a good place to start. Yes, definitely. Yeah. You can't be a, a, a personal recommendation from no. a from another investor or a local Facebook group, that sort of thing, where you're really getting that word of mouth recommendation, definitely. Brilliant. Well, thank you for that, Natalie. That's awesome. I think we have well and truly um, busted that myth that letting agents are always... I hope so, for the sake of the listeners, really, and if they're going into this, I hope so. (laughs) Yeah, for the sake of their sort of mental um, sanity as much as anything else. Absolutely, yeah. Brilliant. Well, it's been great to speak to you. Great to see you. Thank you Um, so much. Christmas. Have a great time. Yes, and you. Have a new year. Take care, Natalie. Thank you. Take care. Thanks, Mark. Bye. Bye. 
hope you found that useful. If you implement the ideas in this episode, it may well save you quite some headache in the future. To find out more about how to invest in property as a professional, head on over to the Property Wealth System community on Facebook. Thanks again for listening, and I will catch you on the next episode. Thank you.